0: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. This week was the first week of on-field practices for the Seahawks. We've been able to watch the live streams for about an hour a day at Seahawks.com. And with the first time having all the players on the field, head coach Pete Carroll spoke to the media this week. We're going to go through some of the highlights on today's show, starting with his introductory remarks to the media.
1: Hey, for us, this is... um it's an important first day. Uh, this is the first time we get everybody on the field at the same time, uh, working together, helmets on, the whole thing. It starts to feel like football a little bit. Um, everybody's really anxious and excited and raring to go. Everybody, we all love this game so much, and we've been having to wait and forever. And so um, guys are thrilled to be out here working, and it was a great first day for us. And uh, the build-up to it has worked quite well. Um, you know, we've stuck right with the regimen of, of, uh, the ramp up and, and it seems like it's, um, it's, it's been okay for these guys. They're, they're, they're in pretty good shape and they're ready to go. And so as we get to Friday is really the first full speed practice for us. Um, we'll see how that works and see how we recover from that. And if we get that done, then we're on our way.
0: Obviously, this is a different experience from previous years for the Seahawks throughout the NFL. But now that they're here on the field, just how different does it feel, considering everything that they've been through in the off season?
1: A bit—it's a bit different, you know. It's a bit different, but however, we've been—we've been ramping up to this, you know. So it doesn't feel that far off. Um, you know, we've been testing perfectly for since we got here. We got back together, so we have some confidence that if we keep doing the same thing, we're okay. And so. Uh, so you know it's it's just there's a one more day and then we're rolling and, and then camp officially starts it seems like it's taken a long time to get to this you know we've been here for quite a while so um but everybody's contributed really well and really happy about it and again i, I mentioned you know earlier that the work we did in the off season with all of the virtual learning that we did um has really has really benefited us yeah, because we're still in that mode now and our guys are doing quite well and uh so, we're well prepared for that. It's not like we're getting caught off guard there. And so, we were able to take care of our guys, look after them, and still get our work done.
0: With this being the first opportunity for players to be out on the field since the end of last season,
1: what was Coach Carroll's main
0: takeaway from this opportunity?
1: My observation would be that uh, the mentality is right, right in the right spot. Um, these guys have worked hard for it, they're excited to be here. So, that the juice is there on the practice field. The coaches were pumped up, too. Um, so, mentally, as far as we, you know, we can tell at this early time, football-wise and also just com- you know, competitively, uh, our guys are in a really good spot. And we're ready to take the next steps and and, and keep climbing. You know, this is a different camp now because of the competitiveness competitiveness that you have to, you know, you have to elevate to to get ready for game time has got to come right here on the practice field. You can't use the the preseason games, which I've always made a big deal about. Uh, We have to do it here. So this is more like it is when you're in college and we've got to just generate uh, the right. Uh, frame of mind our guys seem to be right on track and I just got to make sure I don't screw it up and get them in the right place and, and give them the right uh, direction so that we can you know we can really bring us about in a good way.
0: Carol was asked about how important it was for rookies to see how guys like KJ Wright approach this offseason and Pete pointed toward the importance of several leaders on the team and how key it will be for rookies to look toward the discipline it will take in a very different season like this one.
1: Yeah, we're really fortunate that we have the guys that we have in leadership positions. You really, K.J. is an extraordinary leader. He's a leader to the older guys, but he's such a, a, a great example. He and Bobby are just, they're, they're so powerful in this in this locker room and with these guys because they do everything right all the time, and they, they're in it all the time, and they always show that they care, and they always show uh, what it takes um, in all ways, so, you know, for cody and, and bbk and and uh and now jordan to, to to be right there learning from these guys you couldn't ask for more but it, they they carry over to other guys dwayne brown is a huge uh illustration of leadership on our football team russell is incredible um tyler lockett with his work habits and his consistency i mean those guys are just they're, they're so important to us and and uh You know, we're just very fortunate. So I got as much as I could hope for and and all that. It it is really cool, too. And some of the kids that we brought in here um, are jumping in here and and making an impression early. uh, Jamal for sure will. He's going to affect guys because of the way he works um, and, and what he brings every day on the practice field and to the meetings. That, that kind of leadership from your top players is, is just so valuable. Um, and we need him now more than ever. You know, they've got to send the message of all of the stuff that we have to be disciplined about carrying, you know, carrying the, the mentality and the conscience of, you know, always protecting the team. And it's so huge. And, and they're great at it.
0: We heard Pete mention Jamal in that last clip and part of having players on the field for the first time. It also meant a first look at safety Jamal Adams in his Seahawks practice jersey. What was Coach Carroll's reaction to having Adams on the field?
1: Well, bring a smile to my face. He, uh, he's really sharp. He, uh, he's really competitive in that he really cares and he wants to know all the details. All He wants to be corrected. He wants to be helped. He wants to be taught and coached and all that. Um, He's got a, the, the kind of focus, he's got a unique focus um, that some great players we've had really demonstrated and I, I just know that, that he's, he's, he's the real deal, you know. You can see it on film, you can see it when you meet him and he gets along really well. Um, he has really high expectations for what he's going to bring to the team and how he's going to help out. But he also has a really cool uh, thought about and approach about it that he knows he has to earn it every step of the way, and, uh, and it's a great combination, you know. And he's not too full of himself. He he wants to be a great player again, and and uh, but he wants to work for it, and so it's all we could ask for.
0: And with Adams now on the team, Jets defensive coordinator Greg Williams had some comments to the Jets media this week about how Jamal might be bored playing in the Seahawks system. This came up after Carroll spoke to the media, but you can go to fieldgoals.com and look for Friday's Century Links post. Pete had a fun response during a radio interview that's worth checking out. But moving over to the offensive side of the ball, Russell Wilson also addressed the media this week, and I'll be looking to have the highlights from his interview coming out here as well. Here's Pete talking about the work that our quarterback put in over the offseason.
1: He worked his... He worked his tail off, man. He, he had a great offseason. Um, he was so so disciplined about it. He, he The effect that he had on other players is really obvious because he threw with a lot of guys over the course of time uh, and got together with a bunch of guys that, that you can just see the carryover. They're, they're already talking our language. I mean, the, the, the work that he's done with Greg Olson and, and, and DK in particular, man, and, and Philip Dorsett, we're, we're, we're rolling. And uh, you know DK had a bunch of room to, to grow as a young guy. He had to learn Greg, Greg had to learn Russ, and same with, with Philip. And uh, those guys are in here flying around. They look great. They look like they know what they're doing. And they, and, and, uh, they, they already are showing the kinds of detail work that you that you, you have to work to earn. And, and uh, Russell really was in the middle of ma- making that happen.
0: So Russell Wilson already putting in the work with some of the new players ahead of training camp. Hopefully that's going to pay off going into the regular season. Seahawks fans also hope that this year's draft class can have a big impact We're going to hear what Coach Carroll has to say on that coming up next. Pete Carroll spoke to the media on Wednesday, the same day I posted my talk with Alistair Corp about the Seahawks' 53-man roster and his projections. All but two rookies were on Alistair's list of players he expected to make the team. Here's Coach Carroll addressing his main takeaway from how the rookies have handled themselves this offseason so far.
1: The the guys that we chose and we we picked in the draft, they all applied themselves during this off season. They all were, were learners. They were they were curious. They were anxious to figure it out. Uh, they they showed uh, you know good effort and, and diligence and in and, in imagination as we're you know we're playing this game totally on air and in, in their living rooms and in their family rooms and wherever they're living their bedrooms. You know they're getting up out of their stance and they're taking their steps and they're trying to imagine what it looks like and all. When we got here. We didn't know what would be the retention, you know, without any work on the field. When we got here, uh, we've had a lot of walkthrough opportunities so far to kind of figure out how much did carry forward. This is this is as far along as we've ever been. And I don't know, you know, I would never have been able to, to guess that that would be the case. Uh, and it, but it was because we we dug in so much and our coaches were so consistent, and and, and uh, were so creative, and these guys th- these guys demonstrated the attitude that we're talking that you're talking about and that you want, where they were hungry to learn, and and so we get here and we jumped right into it. We didn't have to tippy toe at all. Um, Shadi's installation and where he went, our guys were, were were going up and down the field with their stuff immediately. So we had a fantastic off season and it, and it came back and demonstrated that to us here. That doesn't mean nothing until we start playing. You know, that's just what it feels like and, and what we uh, what it sounds like out here on the field. But we got to go play some football, so we have a long ways to go. But I'm really, that's what I'm saying, I'm really pleased with, with what those guys were able to carry forward, too. It gives them the best chance under a very difficult situation and circumstances for young guys. They're not going to get the same opportunities that they get in a regular uh, preseason process because there's no games. And where they're highlighted and featured, you know, so um, we have to use our imagination as, as well as coaches and, and personnel people. Uh, we've got to really orchestrate the competitive opportunities on the practice field um, with a real intent of you know, forcing guys to show who they are and what they're all about. And, you know, that's that's the plan. We got to do a great job of that.
0: In his previous press conference, Pete talked about weak side linebacker K.J. Wright's spot being the fastest way to a starting job for first round pick Jordan Brooks. With the Cowboys signing Everson Griffin and Jadavian Clowney still unsigned, there are some high hopes for a second round pick, Darrell Taylor. He was a player the Seahawks traded up to get, but has been slow to come back from his surgery in January. Is there any chance we could see Taylor on the field soon?
1: Um we gotta see. Um he wasn't ready to go, and and so we just gotta uh, there's no damage to it to his knee. He just has to get back from the work that he's been doing so uh, i'm not sure how long it's gonna take he's he's done some uh, some treatments and things that uh, take a week or so to take hold and all of that got good response from that so far and uh, i'm hoping like in another couple weeks that we will know that he's ready to get back in it and go um they're they're working with him right now and he he's dying to get back and all uh, but it's just not quite right so we just got to take our time and make sure once he gets back he's back for good
0: the seahawks selected another defensive lineman in the fifth round and Coach Carroll was asked if Alton Robinson came in heavier over the offseason, Pete said they're working to get him at a weight that he can be as quickest.
1: He might be a little bit, yeah. He might be. I think. I think he's 67 or something like that. Um, if I'm right, I don't know. Um, he was a little bit less than that. He worked out really hard uh, this this offseason. Lifted a lot. Um, probably could have run more. And, and uh, he he really wanted to get as strong and as stout as he as he could get. And so, uh, I, as a matter of fact, I just talked to him today about it. And he, you know, he would he wants to, to you know make sure that he's at his quickest weight. So we're working on that one.
0: On the podcast earlier this week, Clinton Bonner and I talked about the pressure rate that Shaquem Griffin was giving the team based in his limited action last season. Pete was asked if Shaquem could be considered a defensive end, considering his ability as a pass rusher.
1: He's got the latitude to play, you know, in some different spots for us. You know, he's an outside backer, though. He's an outside backer that rushes. So I wouldn't call him a defensive end, but he plays in the defensive end spot. You know, so he's really he's learning uh, the linebacker spot, uh, the Sam spot, and he's And he becomes a rusher in the nickel stuff.
0: Obviously, a lot of questions about the pass rush, but nickel corner is also a big question mark for the team considering their struggles last season just to find an impact player for the position. What would Coach Carroll need to see from last year's second round pick Marquise Blair to be able to play at that position this year?
1: He's just got to be in there a ton, John. He's just got to get there and, and, and get the reps and get comfortable with it. He can do everything that you need to do there. Um, he just hasn't had the background of experience doing it. So he's a, he's a rook at that spot, you know, and... Uh... But we've con- you know we've conveyed to him you know the the different aspects of it are like this as a safety or you know like like he's played before and like that and things that he's done so he just has to incorporate it all. Um, he's in a spot where the ball comes his way a lot, and he's a ball player in and in a, in a ball hawk type of kid. It's a cool spot for him. Uh, he's got to work on his coverage stuff. We got to bring him along in, in all of that, um, the, the combinations of things that he does there. But uh, the fact where he can pressure from there and make his hits from there. Um, it, you know, we'll see. It's going to take some time. Um, we got a you know a month to figure it out.
0: And continuing to look at that cornerback spot, what about the addition of Quentin Dunbar? Pete addresses what that acquisition has meant for the team.
1: He's a good, he's a playmaking guy, very creative, uh, really a, a good consistency over his years. Um, got good size, really good tackler. A, I think he was he he didn't miss a tackle last year, or some crazy number like that. Um, so he just adds to the competition. Should make us better. Um, it's going to put the pressure on our guys to step up once he gets going. He's he's a ways behind right now, you know, because he's he's missing this time, and uh, he needs to. I mean, we need to make sure he's in good shape and get him started well. But um, very competitive player, and and you know we're just trying to get a little bit better at a lot of places, and then he might help us do that.
0: As we're closing things out, let's look at the offensive side of the football. Chris Carson was not on the field this week and that was because an unfortunate death in his family. Pete said Carson has some family members to look out for and take care of. He also said Rashad Penny would be coming into the facility soon and will still have to go through the protocol before getting a chance to be on the field as he's recovering from an ACL injury last season. The team did add some additional depth at running back on Friday with the signing of Patrick Carr. Wide receiver Seth Dawkins was also signed back to the team on Friday. But before adding Carr back to the team... Coach Carroll addresses the rest of the team's running back depth behind Chris Carson and Rashad Penny and that it's been Seattle's fourth round draft pick who has already made a good first impression.
1: You know, uh, T. Homer had a really good finish to our season and uh, he, had a, he had a really good year on special teams, showing his competitiveness, competitiveness and his toughness. Um, but when he got a chance to play late in the year, he did really well. Uh, he had an incredible offseason. He's just as jacked as he's as he's ever been, and uh, he, he's the kind of kid that he's so tough and and, and his mentality is so strong that he's going to help us. He's going to help us at the running back spot. Um, he's got great perimeter speed. He's catching the ball really well. Um, he really hits the line of scrimmage so so he's there. Um to take uh and add you know, Carlos Hyde to this group is really something for us. I, I think that uh you all know you've been around us enough. You know the style that we run with and, and, and we've loved the way Chris Carson has has run. Well they're very similar in their in what they bring. And so it's a uh it's a downhill one-two punch from those guys. The speed that we get from uh, from Rashad and the, all of the variety of plays that Rashad runs, and then with Homer, um, you know, it's a nice mix. But, uh, I- interestingly, to add to that is that DJ uh, Dallas has done a really made a really good first impression. Um, uh, he's very versatile catches the ball well, he runs well, uh, runs routes real well, has a, a background of running routes as a receiver, has a quarterback background all the way back to high school. He's got a real versatility to him, so uh, I'm anxious to see what he can do. He's, he's uh, over two, uh, 220, 222 or something like that, so he's stout enough. Uh, but he, he's, he's made a good first impression with this. We're anxious to see what happens when we get in the pads and all that. So it's a very, very competitive group.
0: Finally, Pete was asked about his thoughts on the passing of Howard Mudd. After his playing career, where he was a member of the 60s All-Decade team at Guard, Mudd had two stints with the Seahawks coaching staff, one under Jack Patera from 1978 to 1982, and then again from 93 to 97 under coach Tom Flores and Dennis Erickson. Pete said that Mudd was famous for the way he handled players as a coach.
1: You know, I, I grew up watching him play, you know, when he was with the Niners. And so, I mean... For whatever reason, you don't forget the name Howard Mudd when you're a guard, and I don't know. I've known of him, and uh, you know, kind of loved him for a long time from afar. Um, his coaching that he that he stood for is really uh, he, he's famous for the way he handled players and handled groups. Um, there's a lot of young coaches that wanted to be as good as him, and uh, because of the work he did, um, you know. Hey, the tough guy's always been a tough guy. And, and, uh, you know, I guess he got hurt on his motorcycle. Is that right? Is that how that happened? And and, uh, that's fitting him going for it. You know, he's kind of been a tough guy his whole life. And and, uh, so anyway, we'll all miss him. He's a good dude.
0: For more on Howard Mudd, you can check out Mookie Alexander's article up at fieldgoals.com from earlier this week. It features some comments from two Hall of Fame offensive linemen, Walter Jones and Kevin Mawai, who posted their thoughts on Twitter after the news. John Morgan had a new article up on Friday focusing on Quentin Dunbar and, of course, the wild story of Kima Siverand trying to sneak a woman into the Seahawks team hotel. And the reports were that was the main factor in his being cut earlier this week. If you're looking for more Seahawks talk, check out this week's episode of the Seahawkers podcast. Adam and I take a look at the offseason for the San Francisco 49ers and why he thinks they're due for a 9-7 and season. Check that out at seahawkerspodcast.com slash subscribe to be sure and get those episodes as soon as they're out. I'll be back again probably with the Russell Wilson press conference up next. He addressed the criticism about the team having to always come back late in the fourth quarter and what he thinks about the importance of putting up an early lead for the team. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, go Hawks.